Hello, friends, and thank you so much for tuning in today. This is the PMDG podcast, and my name is Adriana. Just wanted to quickly say thank you again and again for tuning in today and for sharing these podcasts with family, friends, and other people that have been diagnosed with PMDD. It really, really makes a difference. So thank you. And let's get straight into today's episode. But first, a disclaimer. I am not a medical health expert. I am warning listeners that there may be sensitive topics surrounding mental health and health procedures. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. I am super thrilled to introduce my next guest. I have Stevie here. Stevie, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's been a long time coming. Right. Yeah, I know. We've been like <laughs> backwards had- and forwards trying to line this up between Pfizer jab sickness and yeah, no, I really appreciate you bearing with me. <laughs> oh, internet connections, we've got mowers in the background. So for the listeners at home, we've got we might have planes going over, we might have a, a mower in the background. We're going to keep rolling. We're going to keep rolling with this because this is a really, really important episode that I have wanted to record for some time now. So when I first started the podcast, I posted it up in a PMDD group and Stevie was one of the first people to to message me and pretty much just said, if you are open to having um, someone with PMDD that is transgender, I'm putting my hand up. And I was like, ah. Yes. And to be honest, at the time, I was like, I don't even I, I don't even know where to begin with this. I, I don't even understand how that e- the two come together. I do now, obviously. But at the time, I, I, I you know, I'm going to be completely honest. And, uh, you know, I know that we've said before, you know, it's I want to make sure I get my wording right around everything as well. And it's I know that fine. you're I'm pretty relaxed about it. <laughs> I know you're not going to pick me up on it, but listeners might. And I, so I just want to apologize in advance, but um, let's, let's just start with your, your journey with PMDD first, I think. Yeah, sure. Um, So I think like a lot of people, I always had um, periods that were more intense than the norm. Um, You know, there were definitely, you know, definitely times where probably someone should have picked up and been like, you know, maybe it's not normal to be like fainting and stuff from pain when you're having your period. Um, But that only would happen kind of rarely. And it was usually when I was stressed about other things. Um, And then I think like a lot of people after my kid was born, it started becoming a lot more consistent and a lot more sort of the symptoms kind of, what I ended up with was a more regular period, but then I also ended up with this much more regular pattern of symptoms that sort of, you know, the, the basic story that most people with PMDD would be pretty familiar with, you know, a build from ovulation to menstruation that was just, you know, a mental health decline. And, mm. you know, then a couple of really rough days followed by, oh, what was I even worried about? You know what I mean? And... <laughs> I think that's pretty much the classic story, but um, I, it didn't really solidify into that pattern until after I had my kids. So I, I think I just thought, you know, I had no idea what was going on. Obviously having a, a young kid and that kind of thing is itself kind of stressful. So mm-hmm. I think 
I don't know. I think like a lot of people, I would just be like, oh, you know, like I'm just feeling bad this week or, or I believe my, my thoughts, like my depressive and, and anxious thoughts and just think that that was actually true. And then just be so surprised that literally a week later, I would, um, I would just not even recognize those patterns of thinking. Um, but I think that what ended up happening was I came across the words PMDD and then, you know, scurried down a bit of a research rabbit hole. Like I think a lot of people do. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like I, the missing piece that I have not been putting together is that I have a menstrual cycle and that is the sort of background and the explanation for what has been happening to me and why, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, not, not able to sort of maintain like a stable, stable sense of well-being across the course of a month because something is actually changing. Mm. Um, mm. So do you want to tell me, because I, I I do find that, I mean, there are quite similarities with everybody that has been diagnosed with PMDD, but can you go a little bit more specific on what were the symptoms for you? Because for me personally, I don't yeah. get any, I don't get any physical ones. Mine's <laughs> mine was all between the ears. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, sure, happy to. Um, so I oh, and this is the other thing that I should just let listeners know. I haven't had a um menstrual cycle for like 12 months now. So mm. I'm like recalling back. Um but I would, around ovulation, I would get like a spike of kind of feeling really moody or kind of extra irritable or, or whatever. And then that would go away after ovulation was finished. Like this was once I started tracking it. I was not aware that these mm. things were happening initially. It just all felt like you woke up and it was luck of the draw. But mm. once I started tracking, I realized that there was definitely a pattern to it. Um, and then I would just kind of like get low level depression symptoms. So like just feeling a bit hopeless and like all of my relationships were shit and, you know, my job was shit and I was probably doing a crap job of it anyway. And, um, you know, that would then kind of like build. And then in the last week before I started bleeding in the first, usually two days of my period, um, you know, it was, it was just like, mental health uh you know whatever whatever it could throw at me you know I'd come up with things like I need to leave all of my relationships I need to move house run away uh start a new life somewhere else (laughs) um you know I need to um you know at its worst sometimes I would experience like suicidal ideation and that kind of thing um you might want to drop a trigger warning at the start I'm not sure whether you whether you do that um you know I would yeah, just be in a really, really bad way. Um, and I would also, as as you mentioned, like I would get physically sick, which is like the weirdest thing. So like sometimes it would manifest in like what you'd expect from period stuff, like abdominal cramps and that kind of thing. And I've, I've had a few episodes of that where it was really, really bad. I'm not sure if it was connected into anxiety though, now that I think about it. Mm. Um, but I would also get like a cold, which is the weirdest, like not like a full runny nose or anything, but Mm. like I would feel like a cold was coming on, like a scratchy throat, a kind of stuffy head. Um, And I was just like, 
I'd always, and of course, because I was at like peak anxiety at that time, I would always be like, I'm getting sick and then throw in a coronavirus pandemic, like that was, you know, sort of kicking off when I was first, you know, really starting to get a handle on people. I was like, oh my God, this is coming up. And now I'm like anxious and having a panic that I've got coronavirus and like. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's exemplified, right? Exactly. That's, that's exactly it. It's like someone's just turned up the volume on every feeling and thought except like not the positive ones somehow and so (laughs) yes totally totally it's really unideal honestly I there's like there's some things you know like I'm also autistic you know I'm transgender those are things that I generally like to think of they're wonderful things you know in a lot of ways they're things that yeah they come with a lot of struggles and that kind of thing um but you know the stuff that I experienced with PMDD I don't think I'd wish on my worst enemy to be honest it's like a gremlin gets inside your brain a little bit and just like takes the reins and then a week later they're like uh over to you (laughs) totally it's 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 such a it's it's a condition that's even now still so hard to explain to people like you know, it's like I, I still try and find, like, you know, I tr- still trying to find the right way to explain to people with not with that don't have PMDD. I'm like, you just don't understand. You just, you're a different person. And then suddenly, like a switch, suddenly it's just, then we become normal again. And it's like, oh, hello, world. I'm back. Yeah. And you're just like standing there, just like rubble everywhere. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, no, but, um, I think one of the other things that I probably mentioned in terms of like what my experience was like is because I'm autistic and so autism is a neurological difference that means that a lot of different things but one of the things is um different experiences like sensory stuff right so like touch taste sound your sense of where you are in in space your sense of balance your sense of things pressing on you or not right um so I would just experience during that kind of like hell week um you know, just a ramping up of sensitivity mm-hmm. to everything. So like, you know, light that I could normally deal with, I would just be like, like, you know, completely like freaking out from and, you know, um, like clothing that I was normally comfortable with would suddenly become extremely uncomfortable. Um, and then one of the things that that can happen when you are sort of feeling overwhelmed um from a sensory perspective is you know you can like shut down socially or you can just get really irritable and just be a complete jerk you know and I think that just feeling kind of like out of control of that and that it was unpredictable it was it's like it's pretty horrible like I said Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where I, I have a hard time making sense of you know like a hard time seeing on the bright side of it put it that way yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, we, we, we've spoken about obviously the the disaster havoc that it rains on us, but can you, I mean, for you personally, what support system did you have? Like, how did you, how how did you manage your relationships? Um, and then I guess, you know, when you were, when you sort of found out about PMDD, did you have a support system? Yeah, I mean, I think that in the past, in my volatile past, um, and, you know, I didn't know that I was autistic. I didn't know about PMDD. I also hadn't dealt with a lot of, um, you know, childhood trauma stuff that that really did need to be dealt with. You know, like I would just be a, be a dick, basically. Like, you know, I just <laughs> would be irritable and grumpy and then, you know, like like all of that kind of thing and just 
have arguments with people, like especially people close to me about things that I felt sensitive about that week that probably weren't even that big a deal. Um, I think as I got older, um, and I also remember being a teenager, this was another, like I, I remember that like I would get, like really upset with my parents at like particular and you know there was a lot going on in my house I grew up in a violent home so like you know there was there was stuff going on but like conflict would always be particularly high at certain times and I think that if I looked back and like tracked over that I would see that uh telltale monthly pattern um but yeah I I think that as I sort of got you know a bit more balanced in myself um I just used to try and push it all down to the best of my ability and like use coping mechanisms, um, which, you know, got me a certain extent of the way. Right. Um, I, you know, I found a lot of the tools from like DBT to be quite helpful, um, which is like a therapy that's developed for like dealing with overwhelming emotions, which sounds really funny to me because I'm the kind of person who like, you know, three when I'm not under the influence of PMDD, I'm like very much not a particularly like, overwhelming like overwhelming emotions would not be something that I would associate with myself but then like for one one (laughs) week of the month it was like yeah dbt was the was the name of the game because it's it's all about kind of both feeling but also not taking all our emotions seriously right like not taking them all to be true and factual and you cultivating skills to kind of weather those those storms um so yeah, just try and use coping skills and try to sort of like grimace and bear it and not let it impact my partners. Obviously it did. Um, you know, I feel pretty fortunate that I think I was, um, I think I came out of my own childhood, like committed that it would not impact my kid. And mm-hmm. I think that for the most part, like that has that has been something that I've just been able to stick to on principle but then, you know, it would, it, it's got to come out somewhere, right? And so, you know, it ended up coming out and, and, you know, even though it stopped looking as, as volatile, it would still be like, you know, it's an altered way of thinking. You're in an altered state of thinking. And if you don't know what's going on, then obviously you're going to be coming across totally weird to anyone who's close to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so once I figured out that it was PMDD, I did things like I made like a calendar, um, so I uh, actually, the first thing that I did was I got some treatment that helped me get my period onto like a 28 day cycle so that I knew what was coming when. Um, and then once I'd done that, I basically made a, a shared calendar that I shared with a few close people in my life that was just like, this is, <laughs> this is the time where like, don't say anything to me, but <laughs> just kind of ignore me. <laughs> um, I love this idea. I love this idea. Like just, just smile and nod and like pat um, <laughs> during that week. And then if I still have the issue a week later, <laughs> we can deal with it then. <laughs> um, I mean, so, we're laughing about it, but this is how we have to manage it, right? Because when it's very real. Yeah, when it was like, you know, when it was very real for me, um, I, my sister we'd have in her phone ovulation day for me and she'd like yell at you like you're ovulating it's we're we're on we're on (laughs) you know after ovulation day I I would say to a girl like you know I'd write a text to all my my close friends and go 
just letting you know this is where we're at. Red tent is coming on these days. Prefer to see you a week before or or maybe a few days after that happening. And everyone would know when red tent was there, it's just like, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. (laughs) So I love the calendar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I, and I think that's it is. And, and this is, this was the thing that, and, um, and I mean, I, I still, because I have PMDD, right. Even though I don't have a menstrual cycle, I still have PMDD. And as a result, I have some, I mean, this is even less studied than PMDD, which it seems like no one can even bother to really get to the bottom of what's going on with PMDD. But when you look at like, how does PMDD interact with hormone replacement therapy for trans people, then like, that's a whole other, like, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I do still experience um, hormonal fluctuations around my, my, my dosing of um, my hormone replacement therapy. And it does in some ways mimic some aspects of that PMDD experience. And it is kind of like a time sensitive thing. Like it's these couple of weeks. And like, even though I know that, and even though I still have practices of like warning the people in my life and warning myself and getting myself into the headspace, it doesn't actually help. Is this like, it helps manage it. It's harm reduction. But when you're inside your own head, it's not making you feel better. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can kind of know that it's going to end. And that's kind of the point that I've gotten to where I'm like, you know, I got to that when I was still having a menstrual cycle. I was like, okay, I know that two days into my period, this is going to end. I've seen that happen enough times that I know with my own eyes that that is the evidence that is before me. But that doesn't make it any easier when every thought is spiraling into the most anxious and negative possible conclusion right like it Mm. you still have to deal with every single one as it pops up and arises and you still have to be like okay do I have a coping mechanism for this can I get like what am I going to do can I distract myself can I and I found it much harder to distract myself from it once I had a little kid because kids are just so good at keeping you present you know Mm, Uh, they don't let you just zone out in front of the TV. they want you to do a craft or read a book or do some other thing that takes up just enough of your emotion like your you know energy that you can't zone out into something else but not enough that you can't be like thought spiraling in the background totally totally so yeah it it I I guess I definitely do just want to say that I think there are ways that I was able to find like good harm reduction, mm. but in, in terms of like actually fixing it, you know, like I, it. it well, with everything that you're not, going through right now, I mean, well, I mean, I'm just trying to think like, where do we begin? So, I mean, you're, you're going through transition at the moment and ha- when did this start? When did that? Okay. So I started, I mean, there's different like potential start points, but when I started like HRT, so hormone replacement therapy, that was in like July last year. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess that's not quite 18 months, but it's getting towards 18 months. Um, and what does that, yeah. and what does that actually involve? Um, so it involves basically like injecting testosterone, um, which then, Oh God, I'm going to like make a fool of myself if I try and sound all sciencey. But essentially what it does, which is funny because I know like the menstrual cycle, like back to back, but 
you know, hormone replacement therapy stuff is a touch more complicated. Basically, once your body like thinks it knows what its hormones are, it will like balance itself out. So if you've like got a bunch of testosterone in your system, it'll be like, oh, okay, we're doing testosterone now. I'm going to chill out on the estrogen and progesterone. Mm-hmm. So it will like then chill out on the estrogen and progesterone and you'll have less of that. But the way that you inject testosterone, or the way that I inject testosterone is that um, there's like a, it's, it's a three monthly cycle basically. So you, it's like one big needle that like hurts a lot. Um, if I'm honest, <laughs> you're kind of like lying there trying to be like, oh, manly, don't squeal. Um <laughs> Like I fully want to squeal every time. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> it was so funny because then when I like got my like vaccine for COVID, I was like fully freaking out because I normally hate needles. But then I was just like, oh what? That was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> nothing compared to what you're doing on a no, nothing, nothing compared to the um anyway. So you, you do that every three months, right? Mm. Um and so it basically keeps you at an even level um of testosterone over that three months and you go and like basically top it up and off you go um but i think that one of the things that can happen towards the end of that cycle is the estrogen and progesterone can start creeping back in Mm -hmm. um the testosterone level kind of lowers off a bit um and so sort of towards the last two weeks of that three monthly cycle i do kind of get it's not quite the same but Mm -hmm it's definitely like just one of those things where I'm like, yeah, this is not mental health. This is hormones. (laughs) Like there's just something, something going on here. Um, Usually I end up feeling pretty low and I don't have a lot of energy and, you know, can get into that sort of thought spirally state. Um, And I guess one of the other things that I didn't mention before when you asked me about what my symptoms were in PMDD and it's relevant to this as well is that I would get really intense gender dysphoria about having this like monthly emotion cycle. Um, It just, it felt to me like it was just so, I don't know, like, like incongruent with who I am and what I wanted to be that like, it just felt so um, like destabilizing on that level of like, like myself and I know that's true for everyone but for me it just definitely had this sort of gendered dimension to it and I get a similar thing towards the end of a a, you know the medication is called Reandron and towards the end of a testosterone shot like when my Reandron's running out it's like oh like I feel so um like just uncomfortable in my body in a way that I usually manage most of the oh. most of the time and then it just like spikes up in those last couple of weeks and it's like oh. wow that's so interesting yeah and something that I obviously I, I can't even quite put together and imagine but yeah like that it makes sense though where you're sort of at and everything and to for yeah. those last weeks so how long how much longer have you got to go with the I mean, it's for the rest of your life. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. So like when you, when you do HRT, like it's, you're basically like starting to kind of run your body differently, I guess. And um, that's like, I'll I'll keep doing that, I guess, unless I decide that I want to stop for some reason, Um, which, you know, there's plenty of reasons why you might want to stop. You might decide that you're not comfortable with it or that you, um, you know, you've had all of the changes that you want and, most mm-hmm. of them will stay like most most of the changes you get like even if you did go off they would stay um 
But I mean, personally, in terms of just, I think one of the things that a lot of folks who aren't trans don't realize about HRT is that so much of it is actually about, I mean, you would know, and anyone who's listening to this podcast would absolutely know that, that what hormones are going around your body absolutely affects what's going on inside your head, right? And there's an effect that's like that for trans people where, you know, like I've got, um, you know, friends who are trans women or trans feminine people, right? And they get on estrogen and progesterone and they're just like my head feel like, like my feelings just feel the way they were always meant to feel. And I'm like, why are you taking depression tablets? Like <laughs> you could not pay me enough money to put progesterone into my body. You know what I mean? Like that stuff <laughs> is garbage. <laughs> but to them, it makes them like feel like, you know, it's almost like, wow, this is the way that it was always meant to be. And it's wow. a similar thing that I've experienced, like um, starting to be on testosterone is it's like, oh crap like this is how my body and mind were kind of always meant to feel um and so yeah I I don't I don't envisage myself stopping anytime soon um so yeah that's so interesting I yeah I mean mean, I've learned so much do you know what I mean because I mean I and I didn't want to do any research before this because I wanted it like I I I wanted to hear it first from you and I, I had no idea that you know, this is something that was sort of like an ongoing. So, yeah. I mean, you obviously have, I mean, maybe you don't. I mean, you, you like, do you have medical support around this? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, of course. And and sort of what, what do they, I mean, if you're going to be experiencing, you know, the two weeks, like, is it, is it, what sort of support, what sort of advice have they said for you specifically about how to manage the PMDD aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, I should also clarify that, like, basically I have had, like, like most of the worst symptoms from PMDD I haven't dealt with since I stopped having menstrual period. So, like, that is okay. sweet. Um, that's nice. In terms of, like, um, sort of being a person who has that underlying condition but then also being on HRT. So, um, you know, these days a lot of trans people will just get... Um, hormone replacement therapy through a GP like that's that's possible and that's what a lot of people do um I chose that I wanted to go through like an endocrinologist so like a hormone specialist specifically Mm -hmm. because it would mean that I could kind of have a bit more space to talk about these these issues which if there are people listening to this um who you know do have PMDD and are in the process of transitioning then like it might be something to consider it's unfortunately expensive because you know, specialists in Australia, we don't, you know, no Medicare subsidy ever fully like covers them. Um, but it definitely sort of has given me that peace of mind of knowing that I'm going through someone who's familiar with both, both mm-hmm. of these things. Um, although honestly, like how many actual, even endocrinologists, even women's health specialists, even are like actually meaningfully familiar with PMDD? It's, it's really not that many, right? Um, Absolutely. And so in a lot of ways, I think it just mirrors that experience. Like I remember when I was being diagnosed with PMDD and I was seeking treatment for PMDD, you know, like it just really felt like I could go to this like one or two doctors, you know, and everyone else was just like, here, have some antidepressants at like the dose for depression all of the time. It's all right. You don't need to orgasm. Uh, you know? And totally. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want that. It's one week. Like, yeah. 
Totally. No, I mean, like if I felt like this all the time, that would seem like a completely fair trade-off, right? Like mm-hmm. absolutely antidepressants can and do help. But I was feeling fine, you know, for like a good part of the time. Um, I did end up going on antidepressants, doing the like microdosing antidepressants during the luteal phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was super helpful, actually. Mm-hmm. Um so that is definitely something that people could talk about with with their doctors if they wanted to like explore different things. Because I know that I've seen other folks in you know sure we're all haunting around the PMDD groups looking for what's worked for other people. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was definitely something that I I saw there and um, yeah then was able to discuss with a specialist and you know sort of did help. Yeah, I mean, well, this is the thing, right? Different things work for different people and we can't, you know, like I'll admit when I first started the podcast, you know, I've managed to become symptom-free naturally and I was like I was going to wave the natural, you know, flag, you know, this is the only way. But after starting the podcast and speaking to so many people with such an array of different symptoms and and previous conditions and predisposed and upbringings and trauma I'm like you know what everyone needs to find their own thing and I everyone needs mm-hmm. to honor each each other's journey and everything and that was a big big thing for me to sort of overcome and and, and you know like I, I released a podcast an episode this morning you know someone was someone's using psychedelics to get through you know <laughs> but this is the thing it's working for them you know, and (laughs) right. You know, SSRIs work for some people, the pill works for some people and hormone Mm. replacement therapy and all these things. So we have to honor everyone. Um, and, uh, and I think that, but we do have to take it on upon ourselves to find what's right for us. Yeah, totally. I really appreciate that. And it's so interesting because I was like such a natural health person before I figured out that I was trans and that I <laughs> had PMDD. <laughs> and it's actually been like such a weird experience being like, because I think I always just kind of came from this bias of like, if I don't have any artificial things in my body, then things are going to feel better and be better. And then like getting on testosterone and being like, oh shit, like things have just slotted into place and I am just so much more comfortable with every aspect of my life. And it's requiring this like pretty hectic pharmaceutical intervention. It like definitely did change my like view on that. And I think that that the way that you're describing things is just like, it's so important, especially with PMDD where we just often, I I honestly think that there's probably like a lot of different things going on there, but because the area of, of like, research and like medicine is just so underdeveloped it's probably like three different subconditions within PMDD or something like that you know what I mean or this is what PMDD is like for people who are you know have this set of other underlying conditions and this is what it's like for people who don't and the way that we treat it in these different things is maybe different Mm. but like we, we haven't even, we haven't even done that, you know, or, or you know, medical science has not even done that. They have, don't even go there, you know? Um, and so really it's just being left up to individual people to navigate it as, as best as they can. And so, yeah, it, it seems so important to just have space for everyone finding the different things that are going to feel most comfortable and give most relief for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think, I think we've come a long way, especially since I was diagnosed only, so I was diagnosed almost two years ago, 
But I think, yeah, right. like, you know, from that two years, I think we've it's grown exponentially, like, you know, the, the groups, the support, the awareness mm. and everything. We're getting there, but we're very far from it. But, I mean, in terms specifically for you, um, is it what, like, have you found any support groups or anything for, P, like, someone that's going through transition and PMDD? Is there, have you connected with other people? Yes. Wow, That's a weird yeah. thing though too, right? Is like, so you go on to like trans masculine or groups, groups for trans guys. Uh-huh. And like, if you put out a, who has PMDD, even in a group of like a few hundred people, you'll get like 14 responses. Wow. Oh my <laughs> like, It's quite common. Wow. That, I would not have thought that. Wow. Yeah. I- yeah it's it's an interesting thing similarly with like autism so like people with autism and pmdd who are trans like it's not it's not uncommon (laughs) it's like pretty decently common wow that's interesting i mean and so great for you though right because yeah you're connecting with others like that wow yeah i mean i'm not sure the interesting thing is i'm not sure how much like the medical community would be aware of that because often you know, I'm sure you've experienced the thing where you, in order to get your PMDD taken seriously, you have to be like, no, I don't have, you know, bipolar. No, I did nothing wrong with people who, you know, experience that, but that's not me. No, Mm -hmm. it's not borderline personality disorder. No, it's not, you know, all of these other things, even though again, no, nothing wrong with any of those things. Like sometimes you have to like sort of focus in on the PMDD to get a medical professional to actually like say, oh, okay, maybe this is something linked to your, you know, menstrual cycle. Um, And I think there can be a similar thing with trans stuff where people feel like they have to almost downplay everything else in order to sort of like feel like they're going to get taken seriously about gender dysphoria or about their trans experience. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not even sure how many people would even go to their doctor and be like, hey, I'm transgender. I'd like hormone replacement therapy. Also, I have PMDD, you know? Um, Totally. Wow. I've just learned so much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. I know. And I, yeah, I really hope that this is, yeah, really helped um, listeners because I, yeah, this is something that I certainly had not even envisioned being, you know, I just, you know, had no idea unless you had have reached out to me. So I'm so super grateful that we were finally able yes, to make able to the time <laughs> to do this. I'm so grateful and I'm, I'm very mindful of your time and everything. So I, I, um, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story for being, yeah, for being so open as well. It's, uh, I'm, I'm really, really appreciative. Oh, you are so welcome. And thank you for putting the story on. Like, I, I do think it's like, it felt an important thing to do just to like get, get that story out there. And like, I'm so, so grateful that you gave me the space to do that. And yeah, it, I think there's just, yeah, there is just a wonderful community amongst people who have had this specific experience. So yeah, thank you so much. And thank you oh. for all of the work you've done in putting this podcast together. It's going to be an amazing resource for everyone. Oh, thank you so much. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Please remember to like, subscribe, follow, or whatever it is that you need to do on your podcast listening platform to stay up to date with future episodes. If you would like to reach out to me or would you would like to be a guest on the show or you've just got some feedback, my email is 
thepmddpodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore PMDD podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. Much love.